0: from being broke, to hope, to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. She is the CEO of Making People Priority Consulting Group. Over the past 30 years, she has worked with some major companies, Her experience in training and development is extensive, so you're going to love to hear her story. In addition to designing curriculum, she develops resources for churches, nonprofit groups, does a lot of great training and developing with material. She has authored many books. I think it said 30 here somewhere. Welcome Stella Payton to our podcast I'm so excited to have you share your story and I always tell well thank you so much for having me I'm just I'm
1: always honored when people want to hear um, what makes you you and I think our our stories really help create and design who we are in the long run and uh, I'm truly honored so thank you for having me
0: well, great. And you're going to start with, you were a very young single mother. And let's start there and share your story.
1: Um, well, I think probably for, for all intents and purposes, just to get for the sake of having a chronology, I'll break up my story into two big, two, two chunks. Uh, the first chunk really stems from years ago, and this was when I was, um, probably in my late twenties, early thirties, my son was born when I was thirty. So, a lot of my the story that I'm going to share initially started in that time frame, and it, it's really about how um, we. You don't always get to choose your path. Sometimes your path, sometimes your path chooses you. And I think in my case, my path chose me. I had always loved. I um, had had a love for for teaching and, re, you know, training and facilitation once I learned what that meant. Um, and so in my early years as a young adult, you know, just out of college, I did a lot of work related to human resources, training and development. And and so you think, you know, you, I was a recruiter. I, I just did all, almost all of the compensation and benefits, all of the pieces of HR that a person who aspires to work in that field does. Um, but like, like most people, life happens. And so um, when I was in my late 20s, I had a, an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, and I, at that point, decided it was a really difficult time for me. And I, I, had, I decided not to have an abortion. And I had my son. And I had worked for a number of companies, so I had a little bit of money saved, and so I set that money aside, and I kind of lived off for a little bit that I had. And when the money ran out, you know, and my son was a little bit older, I started looking for work and couldn't find anything. Nobody would hire me, and it's like I, I was even looking for like eight dollar an hour admin jobs, whatever, wow. anything, wow. Not, anything. And uh, I was even turned down for an $8 an hour administrative assistance job. So you can imagine where my self-esteem sure. was. It was in the tanker, Ouch. especially after working with some really cool companies, working with Apple computer and Silicon graphics and, and, um, uh, uh at, at, uh, Amdahl, and just, just really great companies across Silicon Valley. And when I couldn't find anything, uh, and my money ran out, um, And then a series of other unfortunate events occurred. Somebody stole my car and ran it into a tree. I ended up getting evicted from my apartment. And in the middle of this, I hear this voice somewhere in my, um, I call my universal mind. Some people call it universal mind. Some people call it God. Some people, whatever whatever you ascribe to it, this voice tells me you should start a business. And I'm thinking... I can't start a business. I don't even have a decent car. Mm-hmm. And again, it was very persistent. You need to start a business. Start wow. your own consulting firm. Wow. And at that point, I, um, you know, being a person of reasonable faith, I guess I um, I started to kind of pray about it, and 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 I did. I just started went home, and I've always been a proponent of doing the best you can with what you have right now right and at that point all i had in hand was a pencil and notepads and so i started writing outlines i said well if i had my own consulting company and my own uh, and could teach my own content what would i teach and so i started outlining my ideas for curriculum now mind you i i am in it just it at that point on welfare um I think my AFCC check was $490 a month. I had just been evicted from uh, my older apartment, so I hurried up and ran and found another place to stay before the eviction got on my credit oh. score. And we, and we managed, I think it was, I, 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 think, of, um, I think of life as small miracles. And uh, that was a, that, to me, that was a small miracle because I think at that point, the only child support check I ever got came the week that my first month's rent was due in the new place. And uh, it came that week, and we were able to get the secure the place, and it got moved. And not long after that, I had uh, I had connected with a really amazing guy who was um, the Nation of Islam. In fact, he was a Muslim, but he was an amazing person and just extremely helpful for me. And he began to help coach me in the principles of business. And one of the things that I learned, his name was Muhammad and I will never forget him. But one of the things that Muhammad taught me was he says, You can never be moved by the presence or absence of money. He says, You have to learn to act the same way as if money is there or if it, as if it isn't. And he says, cause if you will, if you'll train yourself to do that, then you will be consistent in your business behavior. She says, there've been times when I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars in my account. He says, and he said, then there've been times when my accounts have been in the negative. And so Muhammad told me about a show that he did at that time called on the positive side. And he says, you call in and, and hear this show. So I did, I called in and that, that night I was listening to his show on the positive side and he was, they just happened to be talking about something I was passionate about called, uh, customer service. And so as I'm listening to it, again, that same little voice that had told me a few weeks or a few months earlier to start my own business said, call in and give them your philosophy of service. And so I did. And uh, I called in, talked for about five minutes, gave them my philosophy of service. And as a result, I get a call after the show of a store that wanted to um, me to come to a presentation for their store, customer service training presentation. So I ended up going to that presentation. And at that point, I only had one reference point for how to charge. And I ended up charging $200 for that. And wow. uh, that same voice that told $200 me to, per uh, person.
0: You charge $200 it per person?
1: About, no, $200 for a 30-minute presentation. Okay, got it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wish it was $200 per person. Okay. <laughs> I'd be rich for real.
1: And so I uh, I did that. And that same voice that had told me to start the business, that had told me to call the show, uh, this time it told me, you know what? Use that money as seed for the future. Mm. And uh, so I took the whole $200 check and I gave it away. Not knowing that within a week, I would get a phone call from the regional manager of that store, and they then hired me to do that same presentation 22 times.
0: Wonderful. And you just started, you just sat at your kitchen table with a paper and pencil. Something very simple. Paper and pencil. (laughs) Listeners, pay attention. Just paper and pencil. No computer, (laughs) no
1: Back then, they had, uh, you know, not, not typewriters, but I forget what you call them, <laughs> but like the little word processors. Yeah, they were called word processors. Right, right. This is in the dinosaur age, right? So most people have no idea what a word processor is, or a typewriter for that matter.
0: Right.
1: Um, but that's what we started. You start, you do the best you can with what you have right now. Right. And so that eventually led to me landing my first major contract, the city of Los Angeles. That contract was 17,000. Uh, shortly after that, I got another one. It was 20,000. Then I got a, you know, I got hired by uh, TurboTax, turbo and I started, I traveled around the country and did training for them during tax season one year and just, and it kind of took off from there. And, um, that's that's kind of that. So that's part one. And then I went on and I eventually moved back east. That was all on the west coast. And um, I started investing in real estate and, and uh, buying rental properties. And, and then it went from there. So I continued to do my business, I continued to consult and travel around the country. Um, and, and in a nutshell, that's kind of how it all started. Um, But then the second part of my life, I think I told you I would do it in two pieces, really stems from restarting um, because I've been through several major life changes that many women experience. I went through a divorce. And uh, as a result of that divorce, I lost not everything, but a lot um, at my peak my ex-husband and I had about seventeen pieces of real estate. We had a ten-unit apartment complex. We had uh, multiple rental houses. We had we d- had done quite well, um, and yet, after the as a result of divorce, most of that went away. And I came away with with three pieces of property: my home and two rental properties. And quite honestly, I'm still contending for some of that. But you rebuild. And each time you rebuild, you would, you know, sometimes people think, oh, my God, I hate to do this all over again. But every time you have to do it, you have the knowledge that you did it with before. So it gets easier. Um, it, it gets easier and harder at the same time. It gets easier because you know more. It gets harder because you don't have as much energy as you did when you were younger. But you do have the wisdom that you didn't have when you were younger. Right.
0: So and use- in a nutshell a lot more of that yeah. wisdom than I think we understand. Yeah. And I love how you Absolutely. sat down at a, a table with paper and pencil writing your curriculum. You went and you just yeah. did it. You Were you scared when you did that? Or tell me about what you're feeling and thinking when you did that first presentation where you got the $200.
1: You know, the first one that I did that I got the $200 for was actually, I was actually filling in for um, a, a friend of mine, again, another guy who is in the Nation of Islam. Now, mind you, my background was Christian. So one, I think, one thing that I think it's really important for people to understand, many of the people who will help you grow and help you reach your step into your destiny, they won't look like you. They won't act like you, they won't be the same faith as you, they won't, they may be a different race from you. But the people, overall, the people are really good. My experience has been that at the core of most of us, we really all want the same thing. So I learned to embrace people who had a different faith background for me. Who had, um, you know, I've had some friends who were Catholic who helped me. I've had people. It's just if we approach people from the perspective that we all really want the same thing and we all really care about the same thing, um, it makes it so much easier to navigate life and business. It's true. And so, in general, people
0: want to help. Is what I'm finding. People want to help. They do and there's they nothing do. wrong with asking for help which i'm yes. guessing when you met this uh the gentleman that did the coaching in the first place there must have been an exchange there where you asked for help or there's times when people will offer help and don't be too shy to say yes cuz sometimes we think oh i don't deserve it or oh now i'm obligated to them but just have eyes <laughs> ears open for those who are willing to offer help and who you can ask for help from, because we always want to go to the people who are where we're want, we want to end up. And that's what this podcast is for. Exactly.
1: And I, I understand now that not my, my first part of my story was like 30 years ago, but I understand now why Muhammad helped me because people of thought leaders are people of legacy. And they really understand that you can't take that knowledge with you, that the knowledge that you gain and you acquire in your life is only valuable to you while you use it and to others when you give it away. And so the more of that insight that you share, that you give away, you're really creating a legacy that lives after you are long gone. And so Muhammad is long gone. He's been, you know, he's been uh, deceased for a number of years, but his legacy is still alive. Every time I tell this story, every time I share what he did and how he helped me grow, um, his legacy continues to perpetuate and it will still change lives. And so I think I embrace. The understanding that the more you acquire, is the, it means the more you give away. The more you learn, the more you grow. The more you get to give it away, and you really are working to
0: get so you can give it away. Exactly. And in the giving away, we really usually get back more than we gave away. And there's something very satisfying in giving and helping others. And You reap what you sow. What goes around comes around. I've said that before to my listeners and I've said to them, help people right now. If you are not sure where to start with a new way of income, if you help people in different ways, then what you need comes to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that. Absolutely. Then tell me more about you did that one presentation and then you got that opportunity, you said, to get a contract with the city of LA. Tell me about that process to help our listeners with a little more detail so they can be aware of how something like that works because what you want to do is is grow your business, your talents, and how did that come about?
1: Well, one of the things that I've learned early on is that everything you want is on the other side of a relationship. And so one of the things that I think I, I did learn to do was to connect with people who were different from me, who don't look like me. And, and in the course of doing that, I, um, I, I ran into the director of an organization who was looking for a resource to help students get hired um, they were inner city students. Now, mind you, this window of time that I created this program was not was just about four years after the Los Angeles riots. So much of South Central had been burned and destroyed during those riots. And at this point in time, a lot of that had been rebuilt, and there were stores that were coming into the neighborhood, new businesses were coming into the neighborhood. And so one of the organizations that served the youth population was an organization called Community Build. And Community Build was trying to find one of the directors that come across my name um, as a customer service trainer, and they were looking, they, they wanted to consult with me about um, what can you do to help our students be more business savvy to help them get hired? And, um, and when they were describing, I just sat there. And, and again, I believe very strongly that God or the universe or whatever you call the, the source from which you draw knowledge comes. Um, I believe that I had a divine idea to call it the Customer Service Academy. And when they described to me what they were looking for, I said, Oh, you know what you need is the Customer Service Academy. And that that phrase resonated with them. They said, wow. Oh wow, you know, because this was an organization that services cultivating youth and young adults, students ages sixteen to twenty four. So I went home. So they said, yeah, that's what we want. What does that look like? Can you write up something? And so I went home and wrote up the proposal and I had no idea what to charge. And so after I wrote everything up, I turned it over to one of their individuals. This is everything that we offer, but you'll have to tell me what your budget is because you can't have all of this you know, these things are di- are based on what you're trying to achieve. I Basically, what I was doing was trying to say without saying, I don't know how much to charge you, but nope. this is what I have to offer. You tell me what your budget is and then we'll show, we can scale this to meet your budget in a nutshell. is kind of what I did. Because honestly, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to charge. I didn't know what my programs were worth, so I did a little homework and I was able to break up the content into, into measurable pieces and then I assigned the whole curriculum I broke it in sections and I assigned a price to each section. Nice. And then I just kind of let them pick what they wanted. And when they got through picking, it came to $17,000.
0: Oh, that's great. And I love what you did. Yes. And I heard from somebody else, another expert that was asked to speak at an event and was advised by other previous speakers or whatever you're going to offer. Is ask them what their budget is because you might give a an amount that's less than their budget. You did it the right way to try to stay in their budget and just ask. Well, what is your budget? (laughs) This way, in case it's more than you're hoping.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I asked. I said, "Well, these are all the things that we offer," and then and that's really smart of them, even with speaking, because I learned to do something else. I said, "Well, I scale." my presentations to accommodate my client's needs and their budget. So you tell me what your needs are and what your outcomes are and what your budget is. And I can tell you how close I can get you to that based on your cost projection. That's a great tip. And that works really well. It really has served me well over the years.
0: That's, I love it. That's a great tip. Thanks. Thank you for sharing more details. And that's what I want our listeners to know because they probably would thought, well, wait, how'd she go from that? The 200 to the 17,000. I loved what you said. Everything you want is on the other side of a relationship. That's, that's a lovely statement. I wanted to repeat that. I wrote that down for myself uh, because it's true. Everything happens with people. Everything's always a team. Nobody does anything by themselves. Bill Gates doesn't. No one. Warren Buffett, no one. We have teams and people that we work with. There's always somebody that we can mentor, somebody that can mentor us. That's, that is exactly how it works. It was, and, and you talked about some of the mentors that you have, which I love that. So, okay, you did that with the contract, the first $17,000 one. And then let's go on from there. You had mentioned some of what you did, and I'd love for you to break it down a little more for our listeners.
1: Well, um, at that point, I had developed a curriculum called the Customer Service Academy, and we trained students ages 16 to 24 in service skills. And in a nutshell, what we would do is we would bring about 100 kids together and we would give them 20 hours of service training over five nights. At the end of their week of training, they would we would have an interview day. And we would bring, you know, 10 to 15 employers on site. And the employers would come and each student would interview uh, three to five times. And because... Every student, like for example, one of our best employers um, over the years was Home Depot. Every student wouldn't be eligible; would be, you know, they wouldn't be a candidate for Home Depot. So then we might have a Burger King. Um, we would have maybe a KFC. We might have um, a shoe carnival. We might have, and so we would layer the the types of employers so that if that student didn't get hired by El Pollo Loco. Um, Then maybe they got the job at Burger King. If they didn't get hired by Home Depot, then maybe they got the job at Ross Dress for Less. And so our placement rate for the city of LA for that program was every constituent that went, that the city of Los Angeles program uh, community bill sent through our training, 100% of them were hired every time. Wow. And um, it was, I I think, again, it was a divinely inspired idea. And I think most ideas. That change the world or really impact the culture uh, come from a divine mind.
0: Yes, that's true. And to be open to that, to be yeah. listening to God, as I I do believe in God, and He's so gracious. And I know you do too. And He He gives ideas. He's the master entrepreneur, I think. <laughs> and He crea- created us to be creative. He creates through us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, He does.
1: So um, that's how the uh, Customer Service Academy came about. And that program ran on the West Coast for, I guess, from like, 1997 to about 2005. And then we did several other versions in other parts of the country over the years. But I, I loved the program. I, I, I think there is a dire need for service mindsets and culture today. I just don't know if... The, I'm not as convinced that the corporate environment still values service in the same way that they, that consumers need to experience it.
0: Yes, and as consumers, we want that and sometimes demand that. In a way, how service has been in the history of our country has been pretty extraordinary. I've traveled to other countries, and it's not quite like that with, with service. Yeah. And service is when it's caring kind of service, you're listening, you really want to meet that person's need, you're sincere, you want to meet that program's need, whatever the demand is, is when things start to turn, things start to happen, is when success comes along.
1: Yes. Absolutely. and um, And we get to choose. Uh, One of the things that we taught in the academy was that service isn't something you do. It's something you are. And I think that customer service is the fundamental principle behind all entrepreneurship. That if you don't establish a service mindset, not as something you think and actions you take, but as a lifestyle you manifest, you will never succeed as an entrepreneur.
0: Yes, that's so key. I love that. Service is not what you do but something that you are. It's another thing I wrote down <laughs> that he said that I, yeah. I want to repeat. is not something you love do, it. it's something you are. That's the motto of the Customer Service Academy. That's a great motto. I love it. And having been in the service industry myself, that is really true. I noticed when I was serving my clients and did things that they didn't expect, how much it blessed them and too, when you do serve your clients that way, more business comes to you because referrals are some of the best kind of business that you can get. I always say, wonderful people refer wonderful people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What else so, can you share that would help our listeners with your story? Um, I think... Probably the, the only other thing that I
1: think is viable is that what you do today establishes a foundation for how you live later on. So um, I try to think, in, in, in fact, in this season, of my, I'm 57 years old now, so I have lived a lot of life. I've done a lot of things and I look at many of the choices I made 10, 15, 20 years ago and the quality of life I get to live now is because of different choices I made back then. And I really encourage people. Entrepreneurship is awesome. I love business and I love, you know, I loved investing. And I loved money and growing money. Um, but at the same time, you've got to have a plan for what your life and your finances are going to look like. And yes. if you don't visualize that now, when you hit a snag, like a divorce or or a major downturn in the economy, or you suffer business losses. Um, there are those who fare well in those difficult seasons, and then there are those who bottom out, and you know they crash and burn. And to keep from crashing and burning, look at your whole life. Entrepreneurship and starting your own business is great. Use that to launch from. So what do I mean by all of that? Have income streams. Your money should come into your house, not just from your business, not just from one direction, but it should come from multiple directions. McDonald's is not in the business of selling hamburgers. McDonald's is in the business of real estate because every McDonald's, McDonald's restaurant is in prime real estate in every city that you go into. Um, so you have to think of your own life with that same mindset. So as I'm building a business, how am I expanding my financial portfolio beyond my business uh, assets? Um, What do I have in my mutual funds? What do I, what am I saving? Um, What do I have in my, you know, how many income streams do I have? Do I have real estate? Do I have business? Do I have investments? Try to have a little of everything try to expand and and I believe firmly that you should have no less than three income streams and as many as 12. And if you look at examples of people who aspire to great wealth, that's what they do. And that gives you the cushion so that when something happens like a life crisis, you you don't have just one boat. You don't have one oar. You've got several to get you back to
0: shore. Right. That is very good advice. And it's actually very realistic. We've kind of been raised to just think, just get one job, just get a job and not think of, well, what do we do with our money? How do we budget our money? What can we live without? And there's lots of ways to make money. And I agree with you, having multiple ways of income as the economy changes or different things change, there's going to be one that might rise more to the top of, of what we're is meeting our needs than another. And I love that. I love that you brought that up and tell us more about that.
1: Well, I, I like, there's actually a really cool proverb in the Bible. It's, it's uh, in the book of Proverbs and it's chapter 31. And there's this, there is a character who I think is, a, is kind of a, a personification. It's actually not a real person, but it's a character. And it's about a lady who has, um, they call her the the Proverbs, the virtuous woman, many religious circles give her that title. But I actually like the term kail, the word kail. The word kail is a Hebrew word. And it's actually a word that means courage, warfare, valor, wealth, resource. And so it sort of... Those descriptions capture the essence of a person who built multiple income streams. And so in this passage in Proverbs 31, for example, one of the phrases it describes about this woman, it says she considered a field and bought it. Okay, so she had uh, she considered a field. That means she thought she looked at a piece of land and thought, hmm, what can I do with this land? Okay. And so she bought the land with the intention of using it to create an income stream. And then it says, with the land, she planted a vineyard. So first of all, she had real estate and investments, okay? She bought the land. She invested her money. She bought the land. But then she planted a vineyard. So that means she now has grapes, which is a, a, a produce. And then she can make wine, which is now a vineyard. And if you look at each one of these, she's creating she's creating business economy in each of these ventures. So with the vineyard you've got to have somebody to pick the grape, to match the grape, to to make the wine. You've got, so she's creating jobs, okay? She's building a business. And then later in the chapter, it says um, she made girdles and sold them in the marketplace. Now, a girdle was like an underskirt. It's like a part of of an outfit, okay, that was worn in ancient days. And so she made them and she sold them in the marketplace. Well, that's, um, that's... uh, fashion merchandising, okay, and manufacturing. And so when you look at a lot of historic uh, historic um, uh, books or thoughts or however, I can't pull up the exact word right now, but when you look at history, and you look at these all of these examples, like that example is just one from the book of Proverbs, you see the understanding that wealth is built on the back of income streams. Yes. You know, when you look historically, in in like in in England, in the in the early, at the turn of the century, you looked that there were the landowners, but in order for the landowners to thrive, they had to do something with the land. So they had to have sheep, they had to have cattle, they had to have the wool that made the clothes that the people wore. So think in terms of create. What can I do with my own unique gifts and talents to create money? that comes into my home through multiple channels. Yeah, that's that's wonderful.
0: how you really create wealth. That's right. That's wonderful. Great advice. And the nice thing I was thinking with social media, maybe people that women that might need some money now, you probably have a kitchen and food. You might be able to go on social media and say, hey, I'm, I've got this meal and it just costs this much. I can deliver it to you. <laughs> There's just things you can start like that right from where you are. Build that and then another stream like you're talking, and it is true about the multiple streams of income. And having multiple streams of passive income is how someone actually becomes financially free. Sometimes we think, Oh, I just got to And get don't be out afraid to start small either. I right. love the
1: story of Marie Calendars. Marie yes. Calendars, if you're not familiar with this story, um, was working in a diner. It's a little little, you know, little dives, a little diner dive, and the guy was going out of business because he wasn't selling anything, and so she she goes to him because this is her only job, it's her only income, and if, she, if he goes out of business, she is now unemployed with no way to provide for her family, so she says, well, can I bring some pies, I make really good pies, maybe we can sell some pies and see if that'll help business, and so she brings a pie the first day and it sells out. And then the next day, people are coming in asking for the pie. And then she brings more pie. And at the end, at the end of it all, she ends up. The place becomes she she buys the place yep. and just sells pie. <laughs>
0: That's right. I know. I love that story. So, it's the same. I think with yeah, Mrs. You, Field, she just started selling cookies, and then she became like a national, cookies. international, just something as simple as, yeah. as selling cookies from her great recipe. <laughs> famous Amos selling a chocolate chip cookie.
1: So at the end of the day, whether you're Mrs. Fields or whether you're Famous Amos or whether you're, you know, Marie Callender's, you've got something, too. Everybody has something. And you have to find out what it is that you want to contribute. But don't be afraid to start where you are. You're not, you know, those none of those people started out big and famous. They started, Marie started with one pie. That's right. and, and, you know, Mrs. Fields started with a batch of cookies. Famous right. Amos started with a batch of cookies. So whatever you have, just start doing it. And and if it's real and if it's alive and if it's something that people will
0: want and uh, it'll take off, it will, it will become more. That's right. And it's done incrementally. Everything is done by steps, moment by moment. I mean, there was times when I went through some hard times after my divorce. I thought, okay, it's just going to be an hour, an hour at a time here, folks. <laughs> Sometimes a day mm-hmm. at a time, hour at a time. You get some ideas, and I love those stories. It has to do with food. When you look at the chicken business, Colonel Sanders, churches, Chick Fil A, all of that, they make millions and millions of dollars, billions maybe, from chicken, just a a simple food source. And these are the things that all of us have. We, you might have, my listener might have something in your closet right now. You can sell on eBay if you need some quick money and even that can lead to something else. Absolutely. So these are all great ideas. And I love what you talked about from Proverbs 31. And I I consider the book of Proverbs from the Bible, a good business book because it does talk about wisdom. It talks about integrity because you just can't get far, excuse me, in life. Excuse me. Without having integrity and true care and concern and being diligent in what you do, it all will make for the greatest success and you feel better about yourself when you know you do something, when you're the best, when no one's looking, you feel better about yourself and that's really important. It gives you more confidence rather than, man, I, I know I'm cheating this person, but no then that takes away your own confidence you'll have confidence in yourself knowing you did everything the honest way you put your heart into it you did the best you can and nothing's permanent we can there's a lot of chances that we have there's a lot of ways that we can start over if if something doesn't work out
1: yeah absolutely
0: Is there anything else you want to share as we close this wonderful podcast episode? You have been absolutely (laughs) marvelous with what you've shared, Stella. I was so excited to have you on this episode because your story is pretty spectacular, yet in many ways it's something that just started with a pencil and pad. (laughs) Pencil and pad, yeah. And it's still being written. And uh, I think that,
1: uh, if there's anything I could add to what I've already said, I mean, I could, I've, I've always got some more to say, as they say, but um, it's just do, just do you. Find some of you that you want to share with people. Just do it. And I believe that your gift should feed you. And if you're doing something that, that expresses who you are, whatever it is, and, you know, the beauty of life is that there are things that are still being invented. There are ideas in the universe waiting for somebody to think long enough to snag one and pull it into the into the into the natural realm where we live. I mean, everything that we have, you know, there was a day there were no cell phones. There was a day when there were no, you know, there were there was no uh, think drink. There were days when there no, Coca Cola didn't exist. Somebody had to think of all this stuff. So, spend time meditating and just exploring what else can you do? What do you have? And don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've created a program, threw it out there, and nobody liked it. You know? And then there have been times I've created stuff and put it out there, and people just thought this is the best thing since sliced bread. So, it really depends,
0: but you have to try. Right. You got to try. No one starts being a master. No one is born no. being a master. We don't start there. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> we start yep. just being new. <laughs> you did not. Yeah. Stella, if somebody wanted to reach you, how do they reach you? If you have a website or you want to share about that? I do.
1: I have a website, StellaPayton.com. I also have a Facebook group that anyone who's been interested in joining is welcome to connect with us. It's called the Kyle Circle. C-H-A-Y-I-L circle. And it's actually a group for entrepreneurs. People who are really early entrepreneurs who are wanting to step into the business world, but haven't established exactly how they're going to do that. And so um, it's it's on Facebook and you can connect with us, send an invitation to join. And uh, we would love to have you. So both of those are ways that they they can get in touch with me. And then they also have a YouTube channel, by the way, Um, and it is Stella Payton on YouTube. So you can find me in any of those venues.
0: That's wonderful. And that's when I first heard your story was on YouTube, but it was was powerful. I just Googled Stella Payton and maybe YouTube, and that's how I found you. So, well, thank you very much. This was absolutely wonderful
1: it's been my pleasure thank you so much for having me and keep it up
0: because at the end of the day you've got a voice that somebody needs to hear absolutely thank you all right bye-bye well my friend thank you for letting me be with you today please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast i am nora ellen Your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.